Hello, my name is Adam Eason. Welcome to episode 105 of Hypnosis Weekly. Hello Hypnosis friends and a very warm welcome indeed to Hypnosis Weekly. Once again in my own highly biased opinion I think I have a great show lined up for you today. In a short while I'll be sharing with you this week's interview with my guest Helen Mitas. Uh, We'll then have this week's Hypnosis in the News stories examining the media where hypnosis is featured. I'm going to offer up some personal subjective commentary on the ways hypnosis is portrayed in the media. We then return with our professional discussion with my guest Helen Mitas. We'll be talking about Helen mission to spread the word of hypnosis around the world and how she helps uh, hypnotherapists develop their businesses. I will round things off with this week's hypnosis evidence-based factoid before I bid you farewell for another week. As I say at the beginning of every Hypnosis Weekly episode, this podcast is something that I want to encompass a feeling of embracing diversity, celebrating the field of hypnosis and encouraging friendly, professional, enjoyable discussion and debate, as well as doing its best to inform and educate. I do not share the same stance as most of our guests and at times have major differences in approach and leaning, but all are incredibly lovely people who I'd happily talk with until late in the pub, and all of whom, following their time here on Hypnosis Weekly, I have a great deal of respect for. If you have questions, queries, thoughts or feedback, do get in touch via the Hypnosis Weekly website. All the references made in the discussions, along with related links, are posted in the episode notes section at iTunes and on each episode's page on the Hypnosis Weekly website, www.hypnosis-weekly.com. You can add your thoughts, comments and make any suggestions there too. Please do share this podcast on Facebook, Twitter and anywhere else and really help us reach more of the hypnosis community. It's greatly appreciated. If you enjoy this podcast, please do go give us a favourable rating, even a review at iTunes. Uh, I'll be a BFF if you do. Um, It takes just a few seconds, one or two clicks to give us a favourable rating Um, and it helps us a great deal. So um, first of all today is this week's interview with my guest Helen Mitas, um, hailing from the land down under. Um, Helen and I met last year and uh, I invited her onto the show. Uh, She's had an incredibly busy year uh, speaking all over the globe, uh, building a name for herself. Um, um, And she'll tell you all about that herself far better than I can. So let's get on with it, shall we? For now, get comfy, my friends, turn up the volume, sip on your tea. Enjoy this week's interview. So, as I've just been discussing, I'm delighted to welcome this week's guest on the Hypnosis Weekly podcast, the one and only Helen Mitas. Helen, welcome to Hypnosis Weekly. Adam, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, me too. So, so let, let's learn a bit about you. Um, um, tell us, how did you get into this field? You know, what's your background? How have you ra- arrived at these, these dizzy, lofty heights where you exist currently? Okay, well, uh, my background is I'm an economist by trade. So, right. <laughs> so yes, completely different field. Yeah. So I was, I've been working uh, previously. So in my previous life, I worked 22 years in corporate Australia as a economist yeah. and uh, subsequently as a senior project manager. So I was responsible for managing 
large projects for, you know, uh, big corporations. And really adding to their bottom line was my sole purpose. <laughs> so, yeah. so there came a point in time in my life where I had, like I said, I was working for 22 years in corporate and I thought, well, is, that, is this all there is to it, you know, climbing the corporate ladder um, and really adding to the bottom line of big corporations? Is that what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life, fighting the traffic to get into the CBD, um, to um, continue on this path of just helping big companies become bigger. Yeah. And I thought, I can't do it. I can't do it for another 22 years because I realised that really I was only at the halfway point. It's not as if I could opt out any time after that point because um, I had a large mortgage and in Australia we have very large mortgages and so we have to work for a very long time to, um, to pay them off. And so I thought, what am I going to do? Because I, I cannot um, do this for another 22 years. It's soul-destroying. Yeah. And, you know, I was really happy working in corporate for a very long time, but it just hit me all of a sudden that it's not something I could continually do and be happy about what I was doing. So it all changed for me when I, when I had that realisation that something had to change. Yeah, 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 and 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 so so it, it doesn't seem like a natural a natural kind of bedfellow or or a natural direction just to just to leap straight into the field of hypnosis and hypnotherapy, um um to you know from a high powered high powered economist yeah. um 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 so so you know what what was the transition you know did you did you just kind of sure. point your finger randomly in the yellow pages or or, or you know <laughs> how, how did how did your choice um, or okay, your, your you know, direction you know occur. You're not too far off, but what actually happened to begin with was, you know, I always find, I'm sure you have too, Adam, that as soon as you make a decision, the first door opens. It doesn't mean that it's the ultimate door, but the first door opens. So I had decided that I needed to do something that I enjoyed. Now, I didn't know what that something was. And so I started to take note of the things that I enjoyed in my day-to-day -day life because I started to be more of an observer and observe what is it that I enjoy about my life. And what I found that I really enjoyed about work were the tea room chats with people. So at the time I was addicted to exercise and no matter how busy I was, you know, that was my passion. And uh, people would come up to me and say, Helen, I don't know how you do it. You're amazing. No matter how busy you are, you're always out there. And I would say, you could do it too. It's just a matter of, you know, thinking that you can and then you can and then they would come up to me and say oh you wouldn't believe it I did this and this and this and this and I thought oh I think this is what I love doing but then I thought well this isn't a job I can't just talk to people it's not a, it's not a <laughs> job that I could possibly follow so how am I going to go about this and so then I thought well maybe I'm going to become a personal trainer and so I went to some personal training colleges and I thought no this doesn't float my boat I don't like, this is not too too much fun, telling people how to do squats. And um, and then I did a sports nutrition course and I thought, gee, this is bloody boring. And so um, it, it, it wasn't for me either. Then I thought, what is it that I'm fascinated about? And for me, it was always about the mind. And even from a young girl, I always read child psychology books because I was fascinated with how the mind works. And so I thought, this is what I'm really interested in. And so 
someone told me about a hypnosis course that they did and it all started from there. So my world opened up to the world of hypnosis. And um, what I hadn't connected was that 20 years earlier, I myself had overcome depression and anxiety through hypnotherapy, but I wasn't aware of that because in the state of Victoria in Australia at the time, you couldn't say that um, you were doing hypnotherapy because that was illegal. So I went to a, a clinical psychologist and I found out later on that he was in fact doing hypnosis on us and it was so powerful. So I didn't realize at the time that that's what was happening. He called it guided visualization. Um, and the transformation was amazing and incredible, but I didn't realize I didn't connect the dots until I finally studied it and realized, oh, that is absolutely amazing. And for me, there is nothing more amazing than the power of hypnosis. So um, when you want shifts happening um, at a real deep level and you need transformational change, for me, there is no better modality than, than hypnosis. Great, 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 great. So, so tell me wh wh a little bit about where you're at as far as hypnosis is concerned. You know, um, 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 how, how do you define hypnosis uh, if you do, and, and how have you arrived at that? And how do you explain hypnosis to your clients or to, to to other people in the business environment when they ask you about it and so on? Yeah. So we, basically, with with how I describe it to other people is that you know that we undergo various level of consciousness every single day. And so I take them through, you know, I say to them at the moment, you know, when we're speaking to each other at a conscious level, this is the analytical, logical mind that's at work. So we're, at, we're speaking at the beta level of consciousness, then one level down is the alpha, and alpha is like, you know, when you're watching a movie and um, your conscious mind isn't watching the movie because if it was, you'd be saying, oh, that's just Tom Cruise. So I don't believe that. <laughs> But uh, your conscious mind goes away and so your subconscious mind is watching the movie and you're like, oh, what's going to happen next? And so I take them through the different levels of consciousness, you know, all the way from um, beta all the way down to delta where people are asleep. And I explain things in, a, in, in very, um, you know, layman's language basically. So in terms of the fact that this is science, it's not some, some, some sort of woo-woo crazy stuff. Every single day you go through different levels of consciousness and I just give them examples of the different levels of consciousness and how that actually happens. And so for me, what hypnosis is, is it's facilitating a state of consciousness where the client connects to their infinite wisdom. And that's what I love so much about hypnotherapy. It's not about anything incredible that we say to our clients um, because that's not important. It's really not important as to what we think or what we say. What's important is how we facilitate the process so that we remove their blocks and get them to connect to their infinite wisdom, which they do have. So, you know, everybody um, has is all-knowing and all-wise, and it's all about helping them connect to that inner wisdom, and there is nothing more powerful than that. So, and that's and that's what I love about hypnosis more than anything is that, it's all about helping people connect to their own power. It's not about us having power. And so to me, there's nothing more thrilling than that, for them to realise that they do have this power, this infinite source of power that they can use to, you know, to progress to wherever they want to go to. Yeah, 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 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 tell me, tell, I mean, you mentioned you, you, you mentioned briefly, you know, that, that that you went on a training course and so on. Um, um, over the years and since then, um, um, tell me about some of your some of your influences, some of the people that have that, that have influenced you. Perhaps some of the books, some of the authors that have taught you most, um, um, teachers that have been most influential upon you. The the, the kind of influences that are that are sort of crafted where you're at and 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 you know your understanding and so on. Okay, so my first influence and my primary influence um, is the work of Tad James. So I studied under Tad James himself and I became a master practitioner of timeline therapy and NLP. So I, I think that Tad James's work is absolutely brilliant. And I have modified it extensively because I've literally seen thousands of clients, you know, present themselves with the symptoms of chronic depression and anxiety. And I have taught hypnotherapists around the world to do the same. And for me, you know, the whole purpose of timeline therapy is to help people understand that through their, through their subconscious mind that every single challenge and adversity that they're presented with, that there is something positive to be gained from that because that's ultimately why we're here on this earth. We're ultimately here on this earth to learn from our challenges because if we don't have challenges, we can't grow. So that's why we're here. We're here so that our soul um, develops in a way that becomes um, stronger and stronger. And the only way that we can grow, the only way we can grow is by facing adversity. So if I didn't have uh, depression and anxiety well over 20 years ago, I would not be talking to you right now. And I would not be, you know, I, you know last year I was awarded Hypnotist of the Year from the Mid-America um, hypnosis conference in Chicago. Um, you know, I have a mentoring over 500 hypnotherapists across the world. I would not be doing that had I not experienced um, challenges and adversity myself. That just yeah. would not have happened. So I, I believe that timeline therapy is absolutely magnificent. Again, I have changed it. I have made it a lot simpler um, and I have added to it as well. But the premise of it, which is that with our subconscious mind, we're able to take a positive learning from every single negative experience that we ever encounter. No matter what it is, whether it's emotional abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, there's something positive that we can learn about ourselves that we can take into the future. And that's very empowering when you take people out of victim mode and into an empowered state. So Tad James has to be the number one influence. Yeah. Um, number two, I would say that as soon as I finished my diploma of hypnotherapy um, at the Academy of Hypnotic Science, I uh, the first training course that I did after that was your very own Sheila Granger. And um, what I loved about her was her authenticity and we're great friends. Um, and we have actually offered um, her clients like a joint system, her system plus my system, in a, in a webinar that we run. And I loved her instantly because... Um, she puts everything in a very simple way so that hypnotherapists can actually apply it immediately. So I love her methodology. I love how simple it is. And, of course, you can add to it as you wish. So in terms of books, I have to say, Adam, that I'm probably going to disappoint you here because I'm not that kind of therapist. So the kind of therapist that I am is that I learn by attending live events and implementing immediately. And the greatest teachers that I've ever had were my clients. And the best clients are the most challenging clients. So I've had clients um, who, you know, were in the worst possible shape 
and um, the most difficult, the most resistant. And I've literally seen thousands upon thousands of them with different issues. And there is nothing, you know, better than having the experience of, um, you know, overcoming resistant and difficult and complex issues with hypnosis. So I think that my greatest teacher of all is are my clients. And so I don't sit there and read, um, you know, hypnosis techniques. That's just not my style. I read many books. Um, you know, I love Deepak Chopra and I love Wayne Dyer and I love many, many different types of books, but I do not read hypnosis techniques. I have not read one that I have been interested in. I, I pick them up and I just throw them out because I it, they just don't enthrall me. I'd rather, um, you know, actually um, experience the change with my client. And so that's the way that I have done it from the beginning and that's the way that I learn. And I think, in my opinion, the people that, um, you know, spend their life reading but not actually doing are not the best therapists. So in my opinion, uh, the best therapists are the ones with the, with the most experience because there's nothing better than a challenging client to help you become a better therapist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I certainly agree with that about, uh, about challenging clients um, and our development. Um, t tell me, tell me, over the years that you've been working, um, um, what's, what's one of the mo most impressive applications of hypnosis that, you, that, that you've directly witnessed? Oh, look, because the clients that we get here at HypnoFit, so I have um, three hypnotherapists that work for me in my clinic, and um, the, the clientele that we attract is, you know, chronic depression, anxiety, so, you know, big issues that we get here at HypnoFit. So the, the changes are amazing um, all around, but if I was to choose, say, one instance which blew me away um, would have been when I was um, teaching at um, – where was I? I was in St. Louis in Missouri in the United States and I was training hypnotherapists there in my technique and my hypnotherapist system because I have an end-to-end -end system that, that students can apply, you know, what they do, session one, session two, session three, session four and so on. And um, I was demonstrating. And so whatever I teach, I demonstrate first. And as the, the, the person that um, volunteered to be my subject was a rabbi and um, – I um, went through the process of eliminating anger with him and um, he spontaneously had a double arm levitation and it stayed like that for an hour. So the demonstration itself lasted for one hour and it was absolutely incredible. He, he actually regressed back and he had the most incredible, meaningful discussions with the creator. And so he had a struggle between his human needs and um, his duty as a rabbi. And so it was fascinating to be a witness, and I had my students witness this as well. And I said to them that they were very fortunate to witness that because basically I pulled everything under, you know, all my uh, techniques that I, that I had, I was, I was able to demonstrate them and use them um, to help him release it and it was it was a it was a process that was absolutely phenomenal he was blown away and so um that was incredible so having that experience with with that rabbi in um yeah. missouri, missouri united states in front of you know a group of people was was incredible but i mean you know i could sit here and give example after example after example with the power of hypnosis and um it's just 
the thing to know about it for any hypnotherapist that's listening is that this works. You know, you can't, don't doubt yourself. This absolutely 100% works when you're met with resistance or you're met with blockages. There's a way to overcome them. There's always a way to overcome them. Um, so um, this is, for me, it's the most powerful modality and technique that you could possibly use to have deep, to really shift the, 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 the changes that need to be shifted at the deepest, deepest possible level. So, um, you know, I love our work. I think we're so very fortunate to, to be doing it and to be in this field. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, now, now th throughout this time, because you know, I'm, 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 I'm over the time you, you're mentioning earlier the, the kind of volume of people that you've seen, and and you know, it's been a busy, uh, a busy time for you. Um, I'm, I'm, if you could go back to when you started out, then um, I'm, I'm, as, as a hypnotherapist, as a hypnosis professional, knowing all the stuff that you know today, uh, is there anything that you would do differently, Helen? Um, and, and if so, what? And and is there any advice that the the younger version of you um, 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 that, that that you'd give the younger version of you? And and is uh, any advice that you'd uh, extend to our listeners? Uh, I would get. I think that um, I was very intense and I worked very hard and I had this mentality and belief that uh, you couldn't succeed unless you really, really, you know, almost dropped dead with work. And so um, that's not necessarily the case. So that you know, you need to allow yourself time to rejuvenate. You need to allow yourself time to um, replenish your reserves, and that everything will still turn out okay. So everything works out in the end. It always does. It always does. If you have the intention and you work from a heart-operated space and you take action, which you do need to, it's not just about visualising and it's not just about dreaming about something. You do have to take consistent action. Um, so the only thing that I would do differently would be that I would allow myself um, more leisure time because, you know, there was a period of time where I had worked for 15 months with not a day off, and I became sick and, um, you know, uh, lung infection, I couldn't talk and all the rest of it. So, you know, you have to look after yourself first. First and foremost, you have to look after yourself. And um, that's what I would say because I guess that was my, my error is that um, I, I did probably work too hard in the belief that I had to to succeed, whereas you will succeed if you make consistent action. You will succeed if you take consistent action. It's it's important to yeah. um, to give yourself leisure time and to just enjoy life and to really smell the roses. So um, that's that's the advice that I would give to my younger self to trust that it will be okay and it would it will turn out. Everything will be exactly as you want it to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. I you know I, I'm there with you. I um I have spent very large parts of my career doing very little else. I, I, I often speak about, you know, nearly, nearly 20 years ago now when I wrote my first book, um, um, that, that, that for several weeks I had virtually no real real life human interaction you know um, yeah um, and and yeah 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 I, I, I hear you on the, on a, a bunch of that stuff now now we're going to speak um, um, um in some in some depth in in the second part of today's show um, um about about this campaign you're on this kind of metaphorical marching to 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 to, to 
heightened awareness of the field of hypnosis around the world. Um, I, I mean, I'm really looking forward to rolling our sleeves up and getting into that discussion and hearing hearing you on that. For for now, um, um, Helen, where can people go to learn more about your work, more about what you do? Okay, so um, perhaps the best spot is HelenMitis.com. So H-E-L-E-N, Helen, Mitis, M-I-T for Tom, A-S.com. And um, that would probably be the best place to find out more about what I offer. Uh, specifically, you know, who I help are hypnotherapists around the globe to have a successful business because, you know, way too many hypnotherapists are poor and they're doing other work when they shouldn't be. So they're using hypnosis as a hobby as opposed to a real job that pays pays for their lifestyle. So, you know, they have talents and they have the ability to make the most amazing transformational changes in their clients and yet they don't do this work most of the time. It's just, it's a travesty. It really is. And so the way that I see it is that it's not good enough for just me and you to be successful, Adam, and a few other people. It's not going to make a difference. So the only way that we're going to make a difference across the globe is when most of us in our profession are successful. And you just need to follow someone who's already done it. It's that simple. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I hear you on that. I, I, I'm really looking forward to, to getting into um, um, th th this discussion in the second part of today's show. Um, um, there will be a link to uh, uh, Helen's website, HelenMitis.com, over at this episode's page on the Hypnosis Weekly website. Stay tuned. I'll be back with Helen in just a few minutes' time. <music> I enjoyed that. Uh, more from Helen in a short while. Uh, before that, um, I just wanted to make a brief mention of something. Um, I'm, I'm, I've, I've been briefly mentioning these things a little bit uh, uh, in recent weeks, um, I'm, and we'll probably do more so uh, in coming months. Uh, you may or may not have heard, I'm a proud organiser of the UK Hypnosis Convention, having taken over the reins of the event uh, recent weeks and months. Um, um, and and it, it's going to be immense. Um, tickets have just gone on sale this week. There is an early bird discount for a short while. Um, I'm in the lead up uh, before the speakers are announced. Um, one thing I can tell you right now is that we have some incredible speakers lined up. Um, in particular, I have invited some major hypnosis academics, university professors, doctors and lecturers um, um, that, that I've become friends with due to uh, um, my own research research and, and uh, university shenanigans um, um, and, and they're going to be offering something quite different in addition to the, 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 the wonderful other speakers um, um, this year. Um, visit the UK Hypnosis Convention website, take up the early bird offer. Um, um, the tickets will not have as big a discount again this year. Use the, use the code early bird or one word and you'll get 15% discount on tickets. Um, um, awesome. So next up, um, we're going to have a look at our uh, hypnosis and the new stories. I've got just a single story uh, this week that I want to mention today um, that's featured in the media in the past week. And it's an article that's been shared by lots and lots of hypnotherapists. And it is entitled Unlocking Your Brain, Seven Different Types of Hypnosis Therapy Explained. Now, the author and the website cite this article as being scientific. Um, they've got it in their science section and they make attempts to refer to science. 
However, they fail miserably, as pretty much the only reference that they offer up is a link to what WebMD says about the field of hypnotherapy. Um, the, the, the opening gambit of this article um, is to explain hypnosis, and I will quote them. This is what they say. Hypnotherapy involves a clinical hypnotherapist guiding an individual into a trance-like state. That's their, their first sentence or the first sentence of their explanation. Um, um, you see, you can't suggest that you are scientific and then go ahead and make a statement like that. You know, if you were adhering to science, you'd know that there's a great deal of literature that refutes that hypnosis is a state at all. It is an altered state at all. Um, and certainly not, 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 you know, there's a lot of evidence that refutes that hypnosis is an altered state of consciousness, for example, that kind of model. Lots and lots of research points to a non-state perspective and a non-state conceptualization of hypnosis. Um, um, that 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 you know conceptualization itself it's not without flaws um, though state theorists probably have weaker arguments and less substantive cases when they're making their points um it's all too common and fallacious to offer up this sort of bog standard and and to to be honest tiresome statement that hypnosis is a trance-like state, to use the words of this article. Many would argue that it's not. And, you know, in previous episodes, I've, I've quoted evidence that's shown that, that, that even labelling hypnosis as trance has a negative impact upon suggestibility. Anyhow, the second sentence explaining how hypnosis works uh, in this much shared article um, is this. This state of intense focus and concentration opens the subconscious mind to cues from the therapist. Let me just let me just repeat the bit. You know the bit I've got issues with, you regular listeners. Opens the subconscious mind to cues from the therapist. Again, you know, you cannot claim to be scientific. You cannot claim to be adhering to evidence. You cannot claim to be being free from woo if you explain hypnosis in this way. Not one single academic in the history of hypnosis research explains hypnosis in this way. At least at least no authors of randomized controlled trials, you know. Um, the debate and discussion about the subconscious mind is, is one that I've offered up time and time again. Um, um, and, and, and it limits us greatly. And it's the type of thing that holds our field back. Um, I'll give a link to a clip of mine at YouTube um, on this topic if you want to delve further. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to repeat stuff that I've harped on about before. But I need to harp on to some extent because the same thing keeps being written by ill-conceived article upon ill-conceived article. And then hypnotherapists keep sharing it and keep, you know, ensuring that, 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 that some of the public believe this kind of explanation. The article goes on to make numerous similar references, um, um, one about the induction process opening up the subconscious mind and creating an altered state and various other kind of faff and guff and regurgitated myth and misconception that's pretty much a million miles away from being scientific or evidence-based. At the end, the article lists a number of approaches to hypnotherapy. Um, therapeutic approaches to using hypnosis. Um, um, but even that sent my heart racing for all the wrong reasons. Um, so, for example, this is how the author explains my pet subject, you know, my beloved field of self-hypnosis that I research, um, 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 you know, in detail and depth. They say, self-hypnosis in, involves inducing oneself into a relaxed and state-like trance. 
You can use any of the methods mentioned above, but for self-hypnosis, body scanning and breathing techniques work best. Um, no, no, they don't. Uh, you know, if I'm really honest, you know, I recently published a literature review and meta-analysis of clinical applications of self-hypnosis that was published in the APA peer-reviewed academic journal, The Psychology of Consciousness. Having therefore scoured the evidence base of the field of self-hypnosis and its clinical applications, I've not yet found one single piece of supporting evidence that suggests that you're required um, 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 to, 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 you know, to develop anything like depth or to, to, to be relaxed, you know, in order to derive much gain in efficacy from applying self-hypnosis. The mechanisms that make it effective are nothing to do with depth or notions of relaxation or trance-like states. Depth is pretty much considered a misnomer, and, and it's probably inaccurate and misleading to suggest that it correlates to the success of hypnosis, or, or is even required at all. You know, the, the idea that you need to kind of reach a state is pretty much obsolete in the literature and it's not necessary at all in order to create impressive effects with self-hypnosis. Um, 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 the, the, the article goes on to say, once you're deeply relaxed and your mind is more open to suggestion, you can either introduce suggestion yourself or use an audio. If you're sceptical about hypnosis or you're not ready to trust a therapist with what's in your subconscious, this is a great starting point. You know, again, my own research gives a very damning account of the use of audio sessions in terms of them even being self-hypnosis. You know, really, they are hetero-hypnosis with no hypnotist present. Um, 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 and, 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 you know, don't get me started on that other reference to your subconscious. You know, I mean, how about, how about, I mean, let's even go back to the title, Unlocking Your Brain, Seven Different Types of Hypnosis Therapy Explained. Unlocking your brain. Are you really unlocking your brain? What does that mean? It should be entitled Unlocking Your Brain, Seven Different Types of Hypnosis Therapy Explained Badly, Poorly, and in a Lazy, Regurgitated, Non-Scientific Way, Despite Us Pitching Ourselves as Scientific. Um, that's probably a bit long. <sighs> Anyway, uh, there's a link for this article over at this episode's page of the Hypnosis Weekly website. If you go and read it, to, um, just to check it out or clarify that it does in fact say the things that I say, do have a read, but please don't go sharing it. Uh, we're up against it enough in this field without any more sharing of such nonsense. Um, next up, we have this week's professional discussion. I welcome back uh, this week's guest, Helen Mitas. Um, Helen has made it a mission of hers to spread the word about hypnosis. She's been on a campaign um, and she's been she's been metaphorically and actually marching her way uh, throughout the field, throughout the world, um, appealing to as many people as possible about hypnosis and hypnotherapy. So I asked her about that, about her approach, about her philosophy and how she's gone about creating such an effective business and how she then helps other hypnotherapists to be effective with their businesses also. Here is this week's professional discussion with Helen Mitas. Enjoy. So I'm back now, joined once again with this week's guest, Helen Mitas. Um, um, one of the things, when I was asking uh, uh, Helen about, about her, her, her topic for today and the kind of discussion that we were going to have, and as you were beginning to get a flavour of towards the end of this week's interview, you know, Helen's really on a bit of a mission. 
she's 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 on a sort of campaign to raise awareness of hypnosis globally and and and, and you know boy is she a globe trotter um, um, um helen welcome back first of all you know Thank tell you. us a little bit tell us a little bit about this mission that you're on and tell us a little bit about the uh, about the campaign and this kind of metaphorical march that you are on getting the word out to the world and so on okay so for me i think it really started with um the fact that one of my nieces at a very young age was put on unnecessary medication when she was suffering from depression. So she was put on antidepressants and antipsychotic um, medication, which did her no favours at all. And so, first of all, I want to say that I'm not anti-medication, um, but I do believe that antidepressants are massively massively overused in our society so there is a place for them but certainly not the way that they're currently being used and so for me um, when I know that what we do with hypnosis you know if, you know when you're talking about depression and the way people think this is right up our alley this is exactly what we do this is how we help people in the best and most powerful way and so rather than people going to a doctor first to go on medication. What I want is for them to come to us first. So they come to us first and if we can't help for whatever reason, then sure, go and take you know medication if you need to. But what I want, my ultimate mission is for hypnosis to be the go-to profession and not the last resort. And so, you know, I believe that, you know, our incredible, wonderful profession offers a safe, natural solution to life's biggest challenges, addictions, bad habits, and the symptoms of anxiety and depression. So we are at the very beginning of a movement towards a natural, safe solution. I believe that people are getting sick and tired of a pill-popping Band-Aid to their problems, which really doesn't solve the problem. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, to, of, you know, Within your experience and within your campaign, which, which you know, I, I, I'm really going to ask, you know, what we're going to delve a bit deeper into in a short while. Do you think there's a reason that, that hypnosis is, is not at the front of the queue currently? You know, is there a reason that, that perhaps even, you know, um, and that there are many other therapeutic modalities that typically, you know, people might even consider choosing before hypnosis and hypnotherapy, you know, sadly, as far as I'm concerned. Um, um um, 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 do, do, do you think there are, that, that, that there's historically been a set of reasons um, um, that we're not at the forefront currently? I just think that uh, people were after a, you know, a very fast fix in the past, but people are changing. So um, people, um, so for instance, there's a significant increase towards self-improvement and there's a continuing trend towards self-improvement which has led to the wellness industry predicted to be the next trillion-dollar industry. So this significant increase is largely attributed to millennials who are now the biggest consumers of alternative therapies. So in terms of why we're not there yet, I think it's simply because it wasn't our time. But I really believe that our time is coming and, our, and we're right at the forefront. We're right at the very beginning of this very exciting movement. So... I believe that, you know, we're basically at the very start of a brand new world order with the way that things will be managed from now on because people were after a quick fix. But I think people are now ready for a real solution, a safe, natural solution. And the world is changing with the way that we eat, with the way that we behave and with the choices that we make. And so 
um, you know, previously and still to this day, you know, the mainstream community doesn't understand the potential for hypnosis to help people that are suffering from, you know, depression, anxiety, addictions. Um, you know, they do understand that we can help them with, you know, quit smoking and with weight loss, but they don't understand um, that there is so much more that we can do with, with hypnosis. And so I, I believe that um, this movement is, is, is well and truly um, expanding. I know that more and more people are studying hypnosis and hypnotherapy. More and more people are becoming aware. And the types of people that are hypnotherapists these days look professional. <laughs> they look yeah. credible. They appear credible. Um, it, you know, we're not necessarily, you know, not that there's anything wrong, but we don't, we don't look like weirdos. We look like, <laughs> we look like we're a professional outfit. And um, I noticed that more and more when I first started. Not so much so, but now when I'm teaching at, you know, uh, workshops across the world, I can see, I can see the changing face of of, of hypnotherapists. They are looking the part of a credible professional so we can be perceived as the credible profession that we actually are as opposed to some woo-woo crazy people yeah 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 I, I hear you on that you know my my classrooms are filled with 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 doctors and psychologists and and, and people exactly. people from a yeah. wide range of of professions that are using hypnosis adjunctively as well as you know people um, um, um you know of a very different ilk and I, I hear what you're saying we're, we're we're not just and we're not really about uh, I think a more modern face of hypnosis is less about being alternative you know um, um exactly. I have a lot of time I have a lot of time for 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 for, for people within alternative industries. Um, um, but I think you know that the, the aim is, is is to come out of that um, for sure, and, and you know I, I love hearing that. Um, um, tell me, tell me about some of the things that I mean. You started sort of talking about this a little bit at the end of um, at the end of, of our interview today. Tell me about some of the things that, that you are doing and the kind of roles that you are taking and the work that you are doing yourself with regards to, yeah. to making an impression upon this and, and okay. so on. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I guess when I first started as a hypnotherapist, you know, my, my sole objective was to do the work that I loved and to earn the same amount of money that I was earning in corporate Australia. So that was it. That yeah. was it. When I, when I first started, I was, a, you know, on a six-figure-plus income and I needed to have the same income in order, you know, to opt out of the corporate, corporate world. And that's all I wanted. I didn't want anything more than that. I didn't think that I was going to have hypnotherapists working in my clinic or anything like that. But as I started to help more and more people, um, you know, I had people say to me, you can't stay in this room, Helen. What you're doing is, you know, this, it's, you have to get out of this room. In other words, you have to um, spread the word. And so what I was getting increasingly disheartened about was that every time I went to a networking event or I met other hypnotherapists, they were on Struggle Street. And, you know, they were struggling to do what they loved. They were struggling to do what they were passionate about because they just didn't know a system and a structure that worked. So I was fortunate enough to, you know, right from the very beginning to, to, to get mentors. So, um, you know, with the way that I was fortunate enough to have a line of credit on my loan, which meant that I could access my home loan to fund training and mentoring and coaching. And so there was no hypnotherapist coach back then, 
But with all the mentoring and coaching that I did in my own experience, I was able to work out a system and a structure where you could earn whatever you wanted to earn provided you put in the action to do that. And so then my mission became um, to help other hypnotherapists achieve the success I have I have achieved. Um, I've got a hypnosis business success uh, page on Facebook with about 2,700 hypnotherapists. And um, when I, on Wednesdays, for example, it's hashtag Wednesday wins, I always like to talk about the wins of my hypnotherapist that I train because their success is my success because ultimately that's what I want. It's not about myself being successful and you being successful and a handful of other people across the world being successful. That's not going to make a difference to the way the world is run. So as much as I do, as much as you do, it's not going to make the difference that needs to be made. The only way that we can make a massive difference is if most of us are successful. And so my way of helping that cause is to help hypnotherapists across the globe. So I've got people on my mentoring program from England, from Paris, from Italy, from um, Saudi Arabia, from um, America, from New Zealand, from Australia. And my mission is for them to follow my system so that they can enjoy the success that is just there waiting for them because we offer a solution to life's biggest problems and people are prepared to pay for that sort of value because you're changing and transforming their life. You're not just making them feel better. And so there's a number of steps that people need to do to, to make that happen. And so that's, that's what I do is I help um, hypnotherapists do that because it is possible for all of us to have the business that we need to have because it's only by having a successful business that we can make a bigger impact. So, um, you know, when I, you know, you said before that you've seen me, you know, travel around the world and speaking and holding workshops, you know, even when I'm not here, my clients have been attended to. So I have hypnotherapists on the ground every day here. I've got three hypnotherapists that work for me who see clients. And so because I have created a successful business it doesn't matter where I am clients will be looked after it doesn't matter what I'm doing so um, you know and that's the way that we create a ripple effect is by ensuring that we create a business where we have the biggest impact because you can't help anyone if no one's coming through the door so so that's exactly. that's going to exactly. be that's you know you can learn all there's the no point, there's in the no world. point being there's no point being an incredible hypnotherapist if no one knows about you exactly and I believe that if you're not seeing a number of clients consistently you you can't be you really can't be because you need that experience on the ground in terms yeah. of yeah, um, helping them do that yeah 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 absolutely um, uh, um tell me a little bit about some of the some of the future direction um, um, um of what you're doing and and you, you know the, 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 this mission that you're on um, um, um is is it is it more of the same? Is there some diversity? Um, um, you know, what, 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 what's your plans, Helen? Um, so what I, what I want ultimately is, so my business is called HypnoFit, and um, we're all about emotional, physical, and spiritual and mental um, fitness. And, you know, my ultimate vision, my ultimate vision is for, um, you know, hypnosis to be known across the world, you know, so for instance, if something happens, if there's an event that happens 
if there's an, a car accident that happens and someone is, is suffering from physical trauma and emotional trauma, for the emotional trauma, they contact their local hypnotherapist. And people are known for that. So we're known as the, the go-to people for emotional trauma. And so my ultimate vision is, is you know, when people think of hypnosis, to think of hypnofit. So um, that's, that's my ultimate vision. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, I, I know a lot of people are going to be listening to this thinking, you know, that, that, that they have similar, similar vision. Um, um, and, and, but, but perhaps don't have some of the kind of um, um, understanding or knowledge or even kind of belief in themselves to go out and do some of the stuff which you have done. So, so obviously people can go invest in, in, in people such as yourself with proven systems and processes and so on. Um, um, what else? Are there a couple of sort of, sort of key features that, that you could share with, with listeners today of stuff that they can go and start doing to, to kind of make visions reality? Yeah, sure. Look, I've got lots of complimentary and free resources. So lots of free resources. So um, on my um, Hypnosis Business Success Facebook page, on the pinned post, there is a free webinar um, which talks about the number one mistake that hypnotherapists make and as to why, even though they're passionate people, they remain poor people. Um, and exactly what you said, you know, in terms of fear, fear holding them back from doing what they need to do. So even though they're skilled, they're very scared, which is the biggest idea of all because we help um, people overcome their fears, phobias and limiting beliefs and yet our profession is full of people who operate in a fear space. So um, in terms of, you know, what I would recommend they do is, is you know, utilise, you know, our community and the resources within our community. So I've never done anything on my own, Adam. So um, whether it was to lose weight or whether it was when I first had a step family over 20 years ago and I did a step families course, I always get help. I don't do anything on my own. So um, there's always someone who's done some, you know, what I want to do before me. So um, anything that I have chosen to do, what I do is I look at the person who's already there and I find out what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I do. You know, even um, with, you know, with the way that I do my retreats, I hold these luxury retreats at Surface Paradise in the Gold Coast for hypnotherapists. And, you know, the way that I do that is I have half-day workshops which lead on to the retreats. So how did I do that? I found out from the person who does successful retreats. You know, I didn't just make this stuff up. You know, someone is already doing what you want to do. Learn from them. And most of the leaders in our field have got lots of free resources. So, you know, I've got a YouTube account called Hypnosis Business Success, which has lots of demonstrations, lots of free webinars, lots of um, Facebook um, live Q&As. But um, in terms of you know, what to do is you need to take consistent action. Stop treating your business like a hobby. That's yeah. the first thing. You know, like uh, for me, you know, it was, it was, it's a challenge because when I first started working from home, you know, you were in the middle of the day, it's like, oh, the dishes need to be done or perhaps the laundry needs to be done. It's like, stop, stop. You know, would I be doing that if I was working for someone else? No. So, you know, no coffee catch-ups in the middle of the day. No washing the laundry or going shopping. Focus on your business. If you don't have clients coming through the door, 
work on the business so you do get them coming through the door. So utilize your time, treat your business like a business, not like a hobby. And also, you know, how much do you want it? Like for me, it was I had skin in the game because basically if I didn't earn six figures in the first year, then I had to go back to corporate. So when I first resigned from corporate, I didn't resign. I actually asked for one year unpaid leave just in case I didn't make it, even though I believed that I would, but just in case. So I didn't want to go back to corporate because I had skin in the game. I had to earn. And so uh, for your listeners, I have got a free workshop called How I Made 165 Grand in My First Year of Business Without Advertising. So um, I can actually offer them that free workshop webinar and I'm happy to email that to them. So all they need to do is email me at Helen at Hypnofit, H-Y-P-N-O-F for Frank, F-I-T dot com dot A-U and I would be happy to email them, you know, what I did in my very first year of business to earn four and a half times the average rate and salary of a hypnotherapist. So the thing is, is that if you just listen to what the mass are telling you, the mass isn't making much money. So, yeah. Yeah. and it's not, a, it's not, like I said, I just want to reiterate, it's not about money, it's about impact. So you need to make the money to have the impact. You need to make the money to invest back into your business so you can have the impact, so that you can make the choices that you want to make, so that you can see the clients that you want to see. Um, and you can live life on your terms. So it is all about impact. The bigger the impact, the more you help people. Because as hypnotherapists, we're not here for the money. I understand that. You know, if I wanted to be in for the money, I would have stayed in corporate where I had a corporate credit card and had my car spot in the CBD and I had my weekends to myself. Uh, <laughs> so if I wanted that, I would have stayed in corporate. But it's not. I wanted to help people in the most empowering possible way that I possibly could, the way that I was helped. And so to do that, you need to be successful. So learn from the people that are successful and, um, you know, put in consistent action. Be consistent with your action. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's some 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 wonderful advice there. Um, I'm, 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 I will put a link. Um, I'm, I'm, as I said earlier, there'll be a link to to Helen's website over at this episode's page of the Hypnosis Weekly website. I'll also put a link to 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 Helen's uh, um, email address for those of you that would like to to email her and um, um, um and, and take her up on on her generous offer here today. Um, um, um you know, uh, Helen, I think more of the field needs to needs to hear from from people like yourself that are that are really driven and and offering expert advice with regards to business development and, and development of the field in general. Um, um, so thank you for coming on and speaking about that today. Um, 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 yes, everybody, this week's guest, Helen Mitas. Helen, thank you for being this week's guest on Hypnosis Weekly. Adam, thank you so much for having me on your program. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed that. It was lovely speaking to Helen. Um, there are links to Helen's website over at this episode's page of the Hypnosis Weekly website and in the episode notes at iTunes. 
Um, so, uh, uh, finally up this week, our evidence-based hypnosis factoid of the week. And the fact is this, uh, according to a fascinating and very recent study conducted in Hungary, um, hypnosis reduces cortisol in the hypnotist when employing it and advances oxytocin levels in the subjects of those same hypnotists. Um, um, it's a fascinating study because usually hypnotists are not, you know, you know, uh, it's the subjects that we're looking at. Um, anyway, it, it's increasingly clear that um, oxytocin and cortisol play an intricate role in the regulation of behavior and emotions uh, that impact health, relationships, well-being. Um, and so their long-term and cross-generational effect makes them the, the kind of central focus for this, this recent study. Um, and, and, and it was it's, it's exploratory research that examined changes in oxytocin and cortisol levels and their correlations with different phenomenological measures in both the hypnotist and subject during active alert hypnosis. Active alert hypnosis. Um, the level of oxytocin increased whereby um, the level of cortisol decreased in the hypnotist. Um, so and when comparing oxytocin changes of the subjects with their hypnotizability, those with low hypnotizability scores experience an increase in oxytocin. Um, um, and, and, and so this is really interesting. It could explain why clients' hypnotizability is not necessarily considered an important factor during hypnotherapy. Um, the study by Kazos and colleagues, uh, it's a 2018 study, um, and it's got some really interesting ramifications um, um, with regards to it. And there's, there's a link to that research paper that's included on the episode's page, uh, this episode's page of the Hypnosis Weekly website. And, you know, if you follow me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, you can find masses of memes related to uh, and relating to a variety of different studies whereby hypnosis has been examined, um, the likes of which I speak about here on this show. That's it for this week's 105th edition. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I do have many more exciting guests that are welcome to Hypnosis Weekly in coming editions. We will be discussing, debating, celebrating, and above all, remaining friends. Uh, next time out, I'm going to be speaking to Michael C. Anthony. Um, we'll be discussing all things stage hypnosis. Um, it's going to be our primary focus uh, for the first time, pretty much, on a show here, talking all things stage hypnosis. And, and he shares one of the most remarkable stories I think I've ever heard since I started uh, recording this particular podcast. I think you're going to love it. Um, all the references made in the discussions, along with related links, are posted at each episode on the Hypnosis Weekly website, www.hypnosis-weekly.com. I absolutely welcome your thoughts, comments, suggestions and questions, so do please message me or add them on the Hypnosis Weekly website. I make sure that they are addressed, answered and explored accordingly. Um, please do share this podcast on Facebook, Twitter and anywhere else and really help us reach the hypnosis field. My thanks again go to Helen Mitas. Uh, thanks to you, as always, for tuning in. My name is Adam Eason. This has been Hypnosis Weekly. Until next time, goodbye for now. Mm-hmm.